Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. I promised one day, many months ago, that I was going to teach about something that I see many people have not really understood concerning the way of the anointing. Now, the Bible tells you that the day you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you received the person of the Holy Spirit, resident in the inside of you through faith. And then after that experience, there is a deeper experience that follows our life of salvation. And that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit by the sign of speaking in tongues, as it was in Acts chapter 2. Everybody should experience that baptism. Not all have, but those who have received it understand it. I know wonderful philosophers in the faith, wonderful teachers of the word in the faith, who have not yet experienced that blessing. And the moment that blessing comes on your life, you realize that something is changing within and without you that starts to set you above normal people. Do you agree? The person of the Holy Spirit works in us mightily. And if we understand how he works, you can grow whatever he has put on your life and you can allow it to change and transform not only your life, but many lives in the world. And I'm sure that many of you who received that baptism of the Holy Spirit from that day on, your sensitivity in the spirit realm changed. You were made a lot more than ever before. Do you agree? So it's not enough to be born again. You need that experience. And in having that experience, you need to understand the wisdom that comes with the anointing. And that is why today, like I promised some time ago, I want to share about the anointing within and the anointing without. I want to help somebody understand the difference and help you receive what I may call the perfect balance. I've already spoken about the perfect balance. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by being balanced in the spirit? Why do you think God gave you two legs and not one leg? You can't balance on one leg, but you are most that balance with two legs. Why God gave you two eyes? 
Why God gave you two nostrils? Why God gave you two ears? Things like that. There are things that are deliberately given to us by God to balance us because we were created in his image and likeness. God is a balanced being. Are you following what I'm saying? It's the New Testament. It's the Old Testament. There's a perfect balance right there. Seed harvest is a perfect balance. Everything works best when it's balanced in the spirit. And when we're talking about these balances, we're not talking about the wisdom of the world and how it defines balances. No, no, no. There's a difference between how the world defines balances and how God defines balances. It's important for us to understand that. The wisdom of God is far above how human beings could ever understand or articulate or explain. That's not what I wanted to talk about today. In the book of Acts, the famous words of a prophet are given, Joel. How in the last days, verses 17, he'll pour out his spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and male and maiden servants where he'll pour out his spirit in those days and they shall prophesy and he'll show us wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke, etc, etc, etc. God, through many prophets, prophesied the coming of the person of the Holy Spirit to dwell in and upon men. And the perfect balance here is what you call the wisdom and the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 24. He talks of us which are called. He says, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. That's the perfect balance. Because the Jew seeks after a sign and the Greek seeks after wisdom, the perfect balance. The person of the Holy Spirit is those two things. And the pendulum swings or is balanced between the power of God and the wisdom of God. And that is the same thing as the anointing within, which is the wisdom of God, and the anointing without, which is the power of God. It's that simple. But I want to go a bit deeper such that everybody understands me because this will change the way you function. This will change the way you function. There are people who only understand the anointing without and can only function by the anointing without. And there are people who only understand the anointing within. And they can only function by the anointing within. And when I say that it's the anointing from without, I don't necessarily mean that it dwells from without. I only means it, mean it functions from without, although it's from within. But its purpose and function is for things without. When I talk about the anointing within, its purpose and function is within for the things that concern the inward man of the heart. All of you believe, I think by now, that you are two beings. You have that outward being, which they call the human being. 
which God molded out of the dust and breathed into it the breath of life. And then you have that inner man. Paul calls him the inner man. That man is in the image and likeness of God, the spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? That is your spirit man. And that is a man that worships, prays to God, connects to God, mostly. Are we following? That man has an anointing that he can function or he was made or created to function under. Like the man without has a certain anointing he was created to function with. Although both anointings are from within. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, to help us give us some reference through scripture, the Bible says, now I'm talking about the anointing from without. Luke chapter 4 verses 18, Jesus in his own words says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You hear the language? He did not say the spirit of the Lord is within me. He uses the language, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he's talking about the anointing that is upon a man. And he, the Bible says, has anointed me, one, to preach the gospel to the poor. That is his ministry of preaching. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, which is a miraculous, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, which is the delivering ministry. And you see all of these things from the preaching to the teaching, to the healing of the sick, to the deliverance of the captives, to the making of the poor rich, to giving sight to the blind, to give liberty to them which are bruised. All of that is a work of the anointing upon the Son of God. And its function is for men, for people. So talking about that anointing, that is the anointing that will heal the sick. That is the anointing that will cleanse the leper. That is the anointing that will change the people that are outside you. You understand what I'm saying? That anointing cannot change you. That anointing was not designed to transform you. That anointing is not even responsible for healing you as an individual because it's from within to minister without you. Are you following what I'm saying? That anointing, even in teaching, when a man is teaching from that experience, that man can only minister according to the action given in measure of his availability to God to be able to connect to the need of what God wants to minister to those people. Are you following? So the yielded vessel, when it's working under that anointing, it can only function at its best to minister to every heart. And as it ministers and touches every heart, the transformation and the healing power of God starts to take its effect in the people's lives. And whenever that happens, many people assume that because we've seen the anointing without, we think that that's all the anointing is supposed to do, all that it justifies the positioning and placing of that individual. Are you following what I'm saying? If a man was anointed to heal the sick and he's functioning under the gift of healing, his bearing might not be right with God, but that doesn't take away the work of God to heal the sick because God will not subject himself to the weakness of this man 
not to bless the man who is ready to receive by faith whatever is being given that particular day. You're following. Now, that anointing is important. And there's a wisdom to connect to it. There is wisdom to receive it. There is wisdom in yielding to it without for the purposes of ministering to men. That is why we train people in ministry or we are trained in the way of ministry because that anointing is important. It's very, very important. Now, when somebody was never taught how that anointing works, they can be anointed in many ways and never be functional as they ought to. So there is wisdom to help a man both get positioned and aligned to minister effectively to the world. But like I said, many of us confuse that experience of ministry with our present condition or heart toward God. When a man separates himself for hours to seek God, there are two things God can reveal to that man when you're talking about the anointing without. One, he can reveal to that man what he is going to do in a meeting or in the future or in whatever circumstance. Or he can teach that man how to do certain things in the spirit. There are two ways God can do. He can show you that in this meeting, I'm going to do this. Proclaim it or observe me do it. Or he can tell a man that by this wisdom, now he's instructing that man's spirit, you are going to function this way. And in doing this, this must happen. Of course, we still have people who have not yet matured in the way of the spirit who assume <laughs> that God works always without man. God works with man. He works through man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every seed requires a body. It's a principle on the earth. He's the one who set it, not me, not you. He set a principle that every seed requires a body. And Luke 8, 11 says that the parable is that the seed is the word of God. So every word requires a body to function. That is why he could not redeem mankind until he came in a body. Who has understood what I just said? He could not save you until he manifested in a body. He came in the form. Are you following what I'm saying? In the likeness of a man. Satan could not appear to Adam and Eve through nothing. Adam and Eve could not just hear a voice. Satan had to take on a body. Because on the earth, God has set a principle that he works through bodies. Even demon spirits prefer to live in bodies. Anybody than living in the air or the dry places. You remember Jesus with this man with many demons and the demons scream out of this man and say, at least send us into the peaks, at least. And Jesus so merciful said, okay, go in the what? In the peaks. Thank God all those peaks <laughs> fell off the cliff and died. <laughs> So, God in working through you either can say that I'm going to position you to perform in your meeting or in your dwelling what must be done and watch as I perform it or expect it and I shall do it. Or, as you mature, you can become an active participator in the work. You understand? That is the wisdom. What? 
phronesis. Determining the mode of action because you hold the end in sight. That God, I have seen that you're going to do this, but I want to be a part of this. It's the wisdom of God that teaches you to be a part of what God is doing because God could do without you. He can't do without you. Are you following what I'm saying? There's a glory in God that can perform without man, but he prefers to perform with man. He intends to perform with man. That is glory doxa. All that God is and all that God has functioning in a man. He intends it. That's why he says you're the light of the world. You're the city set on a hill. He wants to walk through you. Shekinah glory is the manifested presence without man. Doxa is the glory that he has invited you in such that you are joint participators in what he is doing on the earth. Have you understood that? So you understood the other two things that can happen in the anointing without. But the wisdom, like I said, that will allow or teach you to participate with God is still not the wisdom that saves you. And that's one thing many believers don't understand. It can save everybody else, but not you. It doesn't save you because it's without. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we have what we call the anointing within. That which was given to you to function within you and it's for your benefit, especially. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It's for your benefit, especially that if that anointing works in you, if it should in any sense come to manifest outside you, it manifests a very deep realm of redemption for you because the way it ministers to you, it's enough for men to observe it and they are ministered to. Although its primary intention was to you. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 27, he says, but the anointing which he have received of him, that one, abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, that anointing, which abides in you, that one is primarily to teach you. Primarily. Because it's possible for you to teach men of what you're not learning. Who has understood what I just said? Paul saw that. And that is why in time he says, I beat my body to subjection. Least after I have preached the gospel, I myself will not be disqualified. It's possible for me to be disqualified even though I'm preaching to you. The unction that ministers to you is not the unction that teaches me. That is why one of the biggest errors of a minister is to minister to men where you are. Because your conviction is not God's oracle for men. It's not rhema for men. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not rhema for men. God might be dealing with you in a specific season about something. Don't think that the two, four, five million you're ministering to, he's ministering the same. And as a minister, you must tell the difference. Because if you confuse both, you might end up 
calling your personal convictions in the space God is dealing with you in that season as though it's the rema of the people. And that's an error. That's an error. That's an error. That's blindness in part. That's blindness in part. We don't minister to people where we are. We minister to people according to what God has given us for them. You cannot lead people where you've not gone. Now, if you're in the process of learning to heal, how can you teach about healing when you're just in the process? Do you understand? If you're in the process of connecting to deliverance as yourself, how then do you teach about the deliverance you don't carry? That's falsehood. It's the same spirit. But now I'm trying to define this function of that which is within us. That one primarily is meant to teach you because God has ordained that kind of anointing to vindicate you in the spirit, to justify you in the spirit. So is the seed of greatness. So is the mystery of greatness. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh and he was justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. That's the way of every believer. You should manifest something. Something should come through as a child of God, you, and there should be something that justifies you in the spirit. Something that vindicates you in the spirit. That is not just the manifestation of signs, miracles, and wonders. Those are not just enough to vindicate us. The wisdom of the anointing that teaches us within is the vindicator of a man in the spirit. Without that vindication, you carry not true authority in the spirit. You only carry that which comes with a gift, not that which comes through revelational knowledge. That is why you have noticed that there are people, somebody makes a lame man walk or opens a blind eye and then opens the Bible and they can't interpret it. Have you been around such people? Somebody opens a blind eye or a deaf ear and then they open the Bible and they can't interpret it because that which is within has not been grown to teach them. They have shut their ears and their spirits to the teaching grace of the person of the Holy Spirit for the anointing within. Somebody can prophesy accurately on any name, a number or anything. But when they open scripture, they can't interpret basic scripture because it's the responsibility of the person of the Holy Spirit to teach you truth. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit is come, He's the spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. For whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak. And he will show you things to come. That's the indwelling one. That's the indwelling one. That's the one that saves you most. Because there are things in this world that the man without might never save you from. Well, if you are anointed to heal, you will not sleep hungry. Do you understand what I'm saying? So there are things the man without will save you, but they are very little. They are very minimal. The man within saves you most. The man within vindicates and justifies you most because without that place of authority in the spirit, there are things you will never command regardless of how gifted you are. Not everybody who can do miracles runs a successful ministry. Not everybody who can do miracles 
is the success in every other aspect of life. Because those giftings, although they are important, God still requires the consecration of your heart to be able to hear Him so He can teach you things that gifts might never teach you. He can teach you things that callings might not teach you. And that's the place and seat of revelation. Because revelation is the communicator of men with authority. Do you understand what I'm saying? Revelation is the communicator of men with authority. Now, I'm not talking about generic authority. That one is for every believer. There is that which is for every believer. You shall lay hands in my name. You shall cast out devils and they shall flee. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. That one, every believer can access by right through faith. That's not what I'm talking about. There are deeper levels of authority. When you read this Bible, we have men which commanded <laughs> the sun to stop and it could stop. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's something amazing. But they did not do it because they wanted to show that they had power. No, there was a deeper function in there. They were dealing with the enemies of what? Of Israel. There are things that are beyond. How can a man being <laughs> baptized in the Spirit? You remember in the upper room, Peter? He's in the upper room with a team and they are praying. And the Spirit of God baptizes him with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that fellow inside. I'm talking about the anointing. And then he gets out and speaks to about 3,000 men and they all receive Jesus Christ in just minutes. And yet you, there are people you're trying to talk to every day. Every day you're trying to, you fail to convince you. <laughs> you have tried. You have taken them out, put money in them, you what? brought them to church, but wow. And there's a man who just after seconds speaking of that experience of glory, Maragote, they ask him, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? You mean these preachers were not preaching every day? They were preaching every day. They were ministering every day. But there was something that they needed. And when that baptism, that thing in there, Marako, that thing stirred inside there, the evidence of speaking in tongues, something on that man's ministry changed. Peter became another minister. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, as you learn to walk with God, you start to realize that this person, the one within, mostly intends to teach you. And that's the difference between a learning spirit and a learned spirit. A learning spirit and a learned spirit. The Bible says in Isaiah 50 verses 4, the Lord has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Do you realize the word there is not that I may know. It's not that I could know. It's not that I might know. It's I should know how to speak, not what to speak. Because the hows are all fitted in and filled from a man he has taught how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And he wakeneth morning by morning, he wakeneth my ear to hear as the land. When God is talking to you as a land man, it's different. I've said this before. From when he's talking to you as a learning man, the experience of a land man receive Rema for men differently from a learning man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Land men don't seek God for what to minister. Land men seek God for how. Because it's in that unction to have what. It's out of that fullness that they are able to minister. Are you following what I'm saying? 
that kind of wisdom from what the Holy Spirit will teach you will also save you. It actually saves you most. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 6, for by wise counsel thou shalt make thy woe, and in a multitude of counselors they safety. Now, by wise counsel, by wise counsel, who is the principal counselor? The Holy Spirit. He will teach you to fight certain things that your apostle might not be able to fight for you that your prophet might not be able to fight for you, that that mighty bishop man cannot be able to cast out. You know, some of you, you have placed your ladens on other people who know how to pray. You call them prayer partners. But they're not prayer partners because you pray together. They're prayer partners because they pray for you. <laughs> who has understood what I just said? They're not prayer partners because you pray together and that you are in the same lane and understanding that you can really join your hands. No, they're prayer partners because every time you have a problem, they pray for you. And they're usually, let me not say it. I might offend you. You know, some of you, when you get money, part of the things you have to buy are prayer partners. Car, house, what? And a prayer. But now you just need to. So when are you coming? Mako Baba, Zoko Bobo Bobo, Mako Bobo Bobo, Zobo Bobo Bobo Bobo. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. In the ways of God, prayer partners are secondary. You must be able to pray yourself out of something. You must be able to pray for yourself. So by the time this person who comes to pray with you comes, they already find you on flame. They already find you on flame. But some of you, you're always the cold one. You're waiting for Brother Emma to come. You're always the cold one. You're waiting for Bishop so-and-so to call. Uh, you know, and those people, they always have the same thing. I'm struggling to pray. Let me tell you. <laughs> Prayer is that attack for every believer. <laughs> Everybody who is born again will struggle to what? To pray. You just weigh and say, either I don't pray and be mediocre or survivor, or I pray and change my world. And you choose to pray. You just choose to pray. Because there are options. Like somebody says, ignorance is very what? Expensive. Prayerlessness is expensive. Eventually you pay. Eventually you what? You pay. But you pay very what? Expensively. That's why the prayer partners are what? <laughs> somebody shout amen. amen I'm still talking about that teaching of within that's the thing that will tame your flesh it's not the gift that's the anointing that will tame you to self-control that's the anointing that will restrain and arrest your character towards the things of God that is the anointing that deals mostly with the human heart to convict it of things that are obvious by God. But we see many a time now in our generation, people become indifferent too. Somebody says something against another minister and you're like, somebody within is not teaching. Or if they're teaching, this person is not hearing. And then after speaking all of that, still they call the lame and they walk. So they confuse those who are indifferent because they don't understand. If he's wrong, why has it worked? Because that thing which functions without does not necessarily need to get a man wrong for it to function. 
it's just the way of faith. The gifting and calling on that man. Let me tell you, when somebody's a prophet, even if they don't pray, they see. Did you know that? Unless you've never met one. Unless you've never met one. Even if they don't pray. They can create the world of their praying a lot. But if you're a prophet, it's like if you can sing. Even if you don't practice, you can sing. Those people who go for voice training, they're not musicians. They can't sing. <laughs> I'm not saying that some artists or musicians don't go for voice training, but when somebody who can sing goes for voice training, they're not going to learn to sing. They're simply perfecting what they already carry. Do you agree? Do you agree? If somebody knows football, they know football. To train is just to improve what was already given to them by God. And if you don't know football, it doesn't matter how many times you run. You can run and run and do everything you can and realize that you know you can't. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you, when you were younger, you wanted to be doctors. But you were never tested against sciences. You only knew the arts. And as you grew up in school, they started to show you that if somebody needed to be a doctor, they needed to know physics, chemistry, you know, mathematics or biology. And those are the things that work you. <laughs> and so even though you wanted to be a doctor, biology refused, chemistry 22. <laughs> History 98. <laughs> Why do you want to be a doctor? <laughs> physics 27. Literature, 85. You want to be what? A doctor. <laughs> Biology, 16. Like your age. <laughs> Christian education, 100. Then your teachers called you on the side and said, brother. Then you ended up with your combination, history, economics, literature, slash. <laughs> So the only chance you have is receiving a healing anointing. <laughs> it's the only chance you have. So where the doctors put a knife to cut for you, just say, Makondiga zogalita paka, rodiga zogoto, mase, heal. <laughs> Glory to God. The rest is not to the swift. <sighs> But also, there is folk who wanted to be lawyers. But when history came out, they had 15, their age. <laughs> All the number of their teeth. <laughs> In literature. Molars and premolars, you understand? So, it dawned on you that you cannot tell stories. Because with math, you don't need to tell a what? A story. Two plus two is what? It's four. That's it. It can never be five or six. And there are people who think like that. Historians, artists don't think like that. It can change. <laughs> there are reasons that can make you argue it out. So you settled and said, you know, I think uh, history is not my thing. Otherwise, many of you wanted to be doctors. 
even your parents look at you once and they're like, They're disappointed, they just don't want to show you. <laughs> you either have it or you don't what? You don't have it. When a man is gifted by something, they don't need to do so much. Whatever exercise comes with that is simply to improve what God already gave them. You see what I'm saying? To be a mighty orator does not mean that you have revelation. That's the difference between philosophy and the good news. Do you understand what I'm saying? To be a mighty orator, Apollos, the Bible tells us of a man called Apollos. He was fervent in the spirit and a mighty orator, but he beheld another doctrine. He was not aligned to purpose. A couple had to take him aside to show him the more perfect way. And when they did, he benefited many later on because he had not connected to that thing. Are you following me, child of God? This is the thing that saves you most. It saves others also, but you most. That one within. It saves others, but it saves you most. The one without has no bearing in saving you. Because it doesn't function by the wisdom that the one within functions. Those are two different wisdoms. The wisdom of the anointing without is different from the wisdom of the anointing within. That's why I say there are certain wars you can only fight by the things the Holy Spirit has taught you. You cannot fight them because you've gone to a deliverance service. Don't be deceived. There are things no man can ever pray over you and they are changed. There are things no man can, because they fasted so much for you, can change. There are things only God can change in your heart because he has revealed certain things to you personally. That is why we always insist that as much as you carry that corporate thing of praying with the rest, you must have that personal thing with your God where he should teach you himself. Otherwise, you will never reconcile the anointing of God on your life and the character of God. You will never reconcile both. You'll function so effectively by anointing without and then have a very nasty character. And these are issues of the heart, I repeat. They're issues of the heart. God can anoint you so mightily. But then there are things in your heart that you've not learned. Unforgiveness. And it starts to conflict you because to whom much is given, much is required. Imagine God with his anointing. He was as angry as some of you. One man told me, if I was God, ah, the world would have very few people. I understood. <laughs> because if he looks at some people, he wants to kill them, but he just can't. And he's born again. You see what I'm saying? He's born again. Why do you think, and one time I made a mention, why do you think that the temple that is rebuilt in the book of Revelation is the temple of David? Why not any other temple? Why is the throne of David established even in the book of Revelation? Because he was a man with the heart after God. It was more than just the anointing God placed without him as king. It was also the things God dealt with him in his heart. It doesn't mean that this man did not have weaknesses. 
but it means that he saw things by the way the heart of God sees things. And there are things David would not do because the anointing within him instructed him. God used to instruct his reigns in the night. Here is testified about that. He carried an experience of a man which was taught of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. And if you don't understand that anointing, you will never understand the deeper realms of authority. I repeat that. There are things you can never command. Especially power with men. Especially, I repeat, power with men. Because there are people with the nature of how they deal on the things they see in their heart. If they're given so much power, they would destroy many. Their hearts would destroy many. It's only by the grace of God that he would not allow certain things to come to them because of how much destruction they can do on the earth. Because of how much destruction they can do on the earth. It's a heart issue. How many people did Adolf Hitler kill? How many Jews? Six million. You think he was not gifted? He was a gifted man, but his heart was elsewhere. They can destroy when they have much power. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I have realized over the years as I started to walk with God, and this I have learned since I was young, that as you grow this thing without, allow the Spirit of God, that anointing within, to teach you certain things that should save you one day and teach you to fight your inner battles. Those which you might never carry language for without. Because if you don't understand how that inner man teaches, you'll never know the power of creating from the inner realms. Yet you were taught that the things which we see are brought about by things which are not seen. For the things which you see, they are temporal. And the things which are not seen, they are eternal. But if you carry no wisdom in the things eternal, because you've not known how to connect to the anointing within, it means you will never be effectually functional as you ought. There's a beauty that comes as this person within teaches you. There's a beauty that comes and happens even on your ministry towards men. Because when this one inside meets that which ministers to men, that's the thing that actually separates your voice from the noises. That's what we call distinctive marks. Truth is not in the things you speak as true in Scripture. Truth begins from the state of the human heart and how connected it is with God in the things it speaks. Two men can stand on the altar and one will say Jesus is Lord and another one will still say Jesus is Lord. Both of them have said it, but one is speaking it from a gifted place and the response in the spirit realm only is to the gifted, for the gifted, by the gifted. But when a man speaks it from the authority of an experience that they've carried with God, it comes with such a truth that justifies that man in the spirit realm and will speak and command to things your eyes might never be able to see, but you'll always admit that there's something agreeable generally with this individual than just the gifted. Not many people are mature to tell the difference, but you can. As you continue to grow, you start to see the difference. One man can know the sum, 23. <laughs> Another man can know the shepherd. 
They are both reciting them. One is singing them. Another one is speaking from their experience with the shepherd. That is something only God can teach you. When those two men start to minister, when those two men or women stand to minister, there will be a difference. The first one can only minister what can save men. <laughs> this one ministers from what can save them, but save men also. You get the difference? This second one is more elevating. It's more effectual than the first one. There is nothing as deceptive as speaking something you cannot manifest, as speaking something you cannot live, as preaching something that you actually cannot demonstrate. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like you being so poor, but you're teaching about financial freedom. Yeah, yeah, some of you go for financial literacy classes. If they ever call you for a financial literacy class, first ask, how rich is the man? They don't teach you. It's not pride. It's not pride. Some of you think it's pride. No, it's not pride. Your shirts are torn and everything. I'm going to teach you about financial literacy. What do you mean? You need help first. Then you come yourself and what? <laughs> but if you cannot help yourself, how then do you help others? How do you minister what you're not able to reproduce? Isn't that falsehood already? And you know many of us live that way. And that is why when we talk about time of fellowship, time of solitude, personal space with God, this is you allowing God to teach you. Pastors, do you know there are men of God who only read the Bible because they are going to preach? They only read the Bible because they are going to preach. That's so without. Because it has no bearing in transforming your life as an individual. And eventually it might help people, but it will still minister falsehood. Build a life of personal communion where even though you're not going to minister to men, you know that you need your space to grow as a minister. This is the thing that teaches you within. Because without that thing, your character will conflict with the anointing operating without you. You'll function in gifts which the wisdom of God in you cannot reconcile. Who has understood what I just said? People will see you do things but when you open the Bible to explain to them, you conflict and error. So somebody cannot find and connect the way because you're not speaking from the experience of a man who has been taught or learned of God. And that's one of the most confusing experiences in the church. And we see it many times. If there's one thing I pray for myself, I say, Lord, even as you're functioning without, I want to connect to that one which teaches. That's the one you stay present to. That's the word abiding. The word abiding means if he abides in you and you abide in him, that place of being present to the teacher, the counselor, the one who will teach you all things. And out of your experiences then, he can give you rema for men to minister, it saves them. But this kind of anointing, I repeat, saves you also. It will allow you minister what works in your life, what can work in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? It makes you more effective. It will help you avoid many errors because there are errors we make as ministers. I have made, all of us have made. 
But as you continue to learn from within, every year there will be a shine of the wisdom of God on your life to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it whenever God requires. That thing balances you. It balances you in such a way. That anointing looks so wonderful on a believer. People cannot doubt the God you say or proclaim to know because it's from a certain place where you have been taught deeply by God. The Bible says that spirit searches out the bottomless things of God. When he speaks of that realm where eye has not seen, he has not heard and has not entered the hearts of man, the things God has prepared for them that love him, but he has revealed them unto us by his spirit. He's talking about that inner anointing. That inner man carries the revelation of things to come. Things men have never heard. Things men have never said. Things that have never sat in the hearts of men. That anointing carries those realities and they're inside there. You just need to know how to position yourself. Still yourself and hear the voice of God and keep a constant life of learning from that individual. It will not only save you, but it will save the hearers. Your character will never conflict with the anointing on your life. It will never. That's where self-control comes. That's where temperance comes. That's where long-suffering comes. That's where patience comes. That's where forbearance comes. That's why the, sometimes there are people who do things, especially some of my people, and I tell them, you are abusing the anointing on your life. You are abusing the anointing on your life. One time I saw a very wonderful preacher speaking obscene language against another Christian who had annoyed them. But this person is deeply gifted. And I thought to myself, how can a man with this kind of anointing speak this way to another person? How does that even work? How can you carry such hatred in your heart as a minister or believer like Jesus never died for you? Or like you don't even understand what love is? How can you walk out of love in such a way? There are Christians who are so bitter and you ask yourself, but with this gifting on your life, how can you be so bitter? There are believers who are so wicked and you ask yourself, with this gifting on your life, how can you be so wicked? I'm talking about a man who knows his weakness and he goes before God to ask God to help him. I'm talking about people who are so complacent that they even justify their own weaknesses because the voice of instruction, the oracle that should teach them, they silenced many years ago because the anointing upon them can still function. And that's the thing that makes us empty even when we minister fullness. It creates a void that no language can ever fill until you carry one day break before God and then he starts to break those spots in you. There are things I cannot do however angry I am because there are things God has dealt with me when he taught me. There are things I can never do to a person even if they have wronged me a million times because that would conflict with everything you know about me as a man of God. It's only because I am investing so much time to really learn from that one which teaches you from within. That one, it doesn't matter how many things we teach outside. Not everything I'm teaching you're going to pick today. No, the people can even hear me now and misunderstand me. Someone can come in my meeting. You've had people, they come in these meetings and they can't tell people, those ones tell people to sin. You understand? But, but they were in the meeting. Someone was there. And they said, no, they tell people it's okay to sleep around. You've had them, haven't you? 
And somebody said, but you sat here for years. You've never had it. You're waiting to hear it. Oh, sorry. You won't hear it because it's not true. So not everything we teach everybody will take. And that's okay. But also, there are things I have not spoken, but that person will speak inside you. Who agrees? I have been in service and then came out and then somebody came and said, you know, when you are preaching about this, something came in my spirit. And then they start to share something way far from what I shared. And you can tell this is the person of the Holy Spirit dealing with this individual. That voice, that voice, when you learn to hear it, when you learn to attend to it, when you learn to give it the attention it requires, you're building that anointing from within. That one makes you a more effective minister as you minister with that which is without or upon you. It makes you more effective as a minister. But, like I said again, that is the one which can save you. It's like faith. Do you know the faith we teach is different from the faith we believe? Do you know some of you, you can talk someone out of sickness and die of the same disease? Do you know? Yeah, don't uh, that thing. Uh, come on, don't worry. And somebody can hear you and not worry. And then you get the same thing and it kills you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because there's a difference between that which operates upon you and that which operates within you. That faith must be reconciled. One man said, and I know they had not really gotten the full of this, he said, the anointing in us doesn't heal us. No. They were confusing that which is upon and within. The one within you can heal your body. Because he will teach you how to heal it by faith. Personal faith is different from that which comes out of the gift. I said it. That's why you've seen people with healing anointings. Who can heal the sick and still die of the very diseases their anointing healed? Because to learn to keep your body, to learn to keep your vessel and possess it and say, I refuse to fall sick, that is something that only that fellow within has taught you. It's the same spirit, but it's telling you, I function differently within you and differently outside you. The wisdom to function outside you is different from the wisdom that functions within you. And you need both to balance. Because if you're not balanced, you cannot be effectual in the place of authority. I said you will be amazed at the things you'll be able to command if you understand this mystery. If you understand this mystery, you'll be amazed at how the spirit of revelation will work through you. How the spirit of revelation will work through you and in your life. When I started to hear that inner voice and the inner teacher, that was the day I learned to write. I never used to like writing things because I respect that voice so much. Everything he says, I immediately write it because I know the man of the flesh can't forget it. Some of you, even the way you respond to that teacher within shows whether you're serious or not. Treat him with so much respect. When he comes through a vision or a dream at night, wake up and write it and then go back to sleep. When you're in a car and you receive an instruction or a revelation, get a note on your phone and type it. And after typing it, later on alone at night or in the morning, sit alone and ponder on that thing and tell him speak. You'll be amazed at the things he will speak. 
and you realize whenever he's speaking those things, those are not for you to minister to men yet. When they need them, you will as he gives you the wisdom of Rema. But before that, those are things that are yours. There are things I wrote 10 or 8 years ago that I've not preached. I don't know when I'll preach because not everything I've learned by God I have been yet allowed to preach. Those are two different worlds. Separate them. Some of you only ministers, you only preach what is revealed to you even before God teaches it to you fully. So it's half-baked. It carries no power to transform a life. It can touch, but it can't change them. Do you understand what I'm saying? No leader should move with people. Every leader was called to move. I say it always, ahead of the people you lead. That's blindness to go with the people only where they are. You should be ahead of them. You should come back for them. You should know the way by which you take them. Lead me to Kampala. That means you know where you're going. You don't just say, ah, let's go guessing. And then you stop a taxi guy. Where is Kampala? They say, ah, now take that route and then, okay, let's go. I'm leading you. That's false humility. That's false humility. For the pastor, yes, even you people who sit in your organizations and lead CEOs and, you know, business owners, you get there and say, give me a vision, Holy Spirit, of what this thing is. And then God tells you the revelation of what this business is. And then you write down the vision and mission and tell them this is where we're going. They might be 20 years behind. They might be 30 years behind. They might be 40 years behind. You see, this thing, you see, I spoke it in university, second year, with my friends. So this is not where I'm at. <laughs> this is not where I'm at. This is 20 years ago. I wish you know where I'm at. I wish you know where I'm at. It's not boasting, it's the truth. It's the truth in God. I speak this before God. I wish you know where I'm at. So it even changes the way I pray. I don't pray for this. This is prayed for already. So no man can break this because they need to first come 20 or 40 years where I'm at and then come back. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But this thing will balance you. It will give you such a boldness in the spirit. It will allow you to do things that people are not able to do. Normal people are not able to do because it's seen that it's taught. Your spirit is learned. Your spirit is learned. You command things like you are learned. You know that you know that you know that you know it's God. It's not otherwise. Somebody shout hallelujah. The gifted don't understand this realm or world. The gifted can't. Because there's a death a gifted man has to go through to hear God this way. There's a death a gifted man has to go through to hear God this way. And so whenever you're speaking and you meet someone who learns from the same place, they easily agree with you. You don't need to say much. That's why there are people in this world who can never fight me. Even if you say what, they can never because I'm speaking what they understand. Where I speak from, some of you have tested. I just give you the language of where you've been. But you can say, this thing, I have a clue. I just didn't have, because you've been here for some time. Something in there has been dealing. You can connect and say, what he's saying, I feel in my spirit. I bear witness that that is truth. Because God has been dealing with you for many years. And some of you just didn't know the difference. That's not for the gifted. This is for land spirits. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Eternal realities are so beautiful to behold in, especially when you understand that they're not time-bound. 
and the reality of time in the worlds of men is too inferior. This eternal thing, it's far from the times of men. It was not designed within the times of men. Do you understand? It's not designed within the times of men. So its fulfillment either is not only subject to the times of men, it's the appointed times of the Spirit. So when the Bible tells you, teach me to number my days, the literal word there for numbering means to appoint my days, to speak into my days, to make them what I want them to be according to the divine reality of experience you have taught me. When you understand this, you'll know the difference between people who are living in the world to survive and men who are creating in the world. Because they've learned to command their days. They've learned to appoint their days. They've learned to speak into the days to come. These are the people who really change the world. Those are the people who really change the world. Those are the people who really know and are awakened truly, illuminated to know what's happening in the world who can look to the foundations of the earth and their courses and know that I need to command such things for the world, all my world to look this way. And their one world will affect millions or billions of people on the earth. But those are men or women who tarry here, not only in the gift. Earthly time is so limited and it can be affected by the anointing that teaches. When the Bible tells us redeem that time for the days are evil, he didn't say redeem time. He said redeem that time for the days are evil. If you understand how this thing works, you realize <laughs> that many people live in this deception that the world is just there and then you just come and then survive, do your part and leave. No. No. The world was created as an opportunity for man to dream and create when they connect to this realm. Within the world, God has given us the liberties of the Spirit to create worlds. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You will create. That is why when He met such men, He told them, your deserts will blossom. Your dry and patched places will bring forth rivers and floods. Because he knew those kinds of people, wherever they step, it doesn't matter how dry it is, they can create water. It doesn't matter how small it is, they can create space. It doesn't matter how short it is, they can lengthen it. They carry the ability by faith. For with this God, all things are possible. When you understand this thing, you live from within. You never live from without. Nothing outside scares you. Nothing outside shakes you. Because you know you're bearing within there. It is taught by God. It is steadied and established by eternal realities. It's an experience. It's not just a going progression of a gifted man trying to give to men. That's why I say this is the thing that serves you most. Yes, it ministers to men, but it serves you too. It elevates you as the one without elevates. It elevates you. That's how you grow spiritually. If you don't understand this thing, you cannot grow. You can be gifted, but a spiritual baby. That's why it tells you do not appoint a novice. That means they were gifted enough to be appointed. Not every gifted person is mature. Not everybody with this ability to change things is mature. But if you can marry this maturity with this, your life will be different. So as I conclude, strive to have both. The wisdom to grow the anointing upon you 
for signs, miracles, and wonders. But above all, the wisdom to hear God as He teaches you the things He must teach you. Not the things for men, but the things that are for you individually. You realize as you preach or minister, what's for men is different from what God has for you. You'll always be ahead of your peers. You'll always be ahead of your peers. But it's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. It's the same spirit. He's the same spirit. He's the same spirit. Now I want you to open your mouth and speak to God. Friend Can you open your mouth and we pray? Speak to God. Masha la 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 la
the Bible says he's Christ the wisdom and the power of God this is my heart's prayer for every man and woman at the sound of my voice this person of the holy spirit that came to us i believe that some of us have silenced the voice that teaches and have lasted only for the voice that did miracles, signs and wonders and there are things that are for our salvation and the vindication of our spirits to think seen and unseen and that has not been a clear mark in many people's lives but today I have prayed that this word not only comes with understanding but it also comes with the power for you to do may the wells of revelation open up in you to teach you the things that you must know in fact there are people here right now something is happening in your spirit this very hour power of holy ghost may god give you experiences that you've never dreamed of never imagined never thought were possible nor existed may god start separating you and putting a mark on your life for your generation there are people here god is going to use you beyond the gifted he's going to use you more than the called for the bible says many are called but few are chosen this language of the inner instruction is for the chosen and I see that there are people right now something just happened as we were sharing and God consecrates you and gives you such a clarity of his voice like never before and that you're entering another zone of being a student more than you have ever been before that you shall not learn only by the impulse of what you must give but primarily of who you are and your positioning as a chosen vessel of God some of you are going to experience an anointing that has not been usual. An anointing that goes beyond the called. An anointing that goes beyond the gifted. That anointing is about to introduce you to places and things that you have never imagined before. It's going to give you a spiritual vocabulary. that will dispel the wisdom of God beyond the things that are living and the things that are not living. 
it's aligning your vision of eternal purpose that you'll function differently in the worlds of men and their timings this thing I'm talking about is what is going to make you different from all who say that they serve God I see another level of the prophetic my God power of the Holy Ghost another level of the evangelistic another level of the teaching anointing power of the Holy Ghost another level of the apostolic another level of the worshiper another level of intercession another level of preaching something unique and distinct you'll have something fresh every day because you're going to be speaking from experience and not just gifting I know giftings make way but this thing will establish you because it is the wisdom of God that's going to reconcile with the power of God operating on your life you're going to speak to things that people don't usually speak to and those things will respond receive it in the name of Jesus the Bible calls them great and unsearchable things because they go beyond the seeker therefore the positioned some of you today are going to understand what true assignments are you're going to separate your mandate from the gifts and you'll understand why gifts were meant to follow us not to lead us he said these signs shall follow father we bless you for your word today we bless you for your word today somebody give the lord a of praise come on clap for jesus and say i receive it say i receive understanding today now if you have never given your life to christ I want you to repeat these words after me. Just say these words from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.